Hello friend. The Mystical American Patriot Society is transmitting to you from our secret ice fortress and laboratory high in the Swiss Alps. This is a variety program for normal sandwich eating Americans with some concerns about living in a deranged, post-Christian technocracy. Keep your third eye on the sky and your ear to the ground as Sumo and Smokestack direct your attention to a higher dimension. Are you ready? Stand by. Pretend like I just played like the best song ever. Oh man, that was such a good song. You know, thanks. It's really. What I may I, record one and, and upload it later. Okay. My voice is not working right now. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> not for singing anyway. It can talk, but you know, a singing voice and a talking voice are two different states. Very different. And so one can be fit for one, uh, but not fit for the other purpose uh, at all at all the time. Is that? <coughs> you are See. excused. You're excused from singing duties. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't. I did, uh, okay. Um, if I I feel like that we should talk about lots of stuff today, but first I have to just point out why is everyone so boring. <laughs> Have you noticed, like, people have gotten so... I think my whole problem in my life uh-huh. is that I have always found people in general to be so dull, I can't stand to be around them. Mm. This is why I never I never worked out in a corporate setting. Yeah. Because people will be like, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, this allows... Like, when a lady... Stands up and describes her role in the company. Or a man. This isn't a gender thing. It's anybody. Stands up and describes their role in a company. And they go like, I facilitate something, something. Liaison between yada, yada. Synergies. (laughs) And then you just think, like when you're listening... I think if you're a, a living a living person, you think, wouldn't it be better if a terrorist machine gunned us all down? <laughs> <clears throat> like, wouldn't that be preferable to whatever you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, which is which is a problem for getting along in the world. Because, uh, it, yeah. yeah, dude, 
It's it's so true. Like the modern business environment is designed to make everybody like you have to be as boring as possible. I bet most of those people are interesting somewhere under there, but yeah, you never get. Well, to it. they start that way, but then they spend time in there, and they die inside. And eventually, <laughs> all they can do, even outside of business, is just they perform uh, logistic stories. Mm-hmm. They perform something Sam Hyde is called logistic stories, which is where they just all of their all of their discourse just revolves around telling you the logistics of the thing that they did. Like I went <laughs> to the restaurant last night, you know, I took the I seven, and man, the traffic was bad. And I get there, and you know, the price of the cheesecake has gone up like fifty. I couldn't believe it. And I sit down, and we sit down near the air conditioning, and it's like. They're just describing you the like. There's no. It's all semantics without. It's all syntax without semantics. Mm-hmm. There's no meaning or purpose to anything that they're saying. They're just talking. And describing to you the, in detail the minutia of what occurred. And this is, <laughs> this is most people's uh, excuse for conversation. Yeah. And it, it it cannot be it cannot be tolerated at least by me. When I listen to it, I'm like, and and stop, and that's enough. Like you know, but that's all that people have to talk about now, um, because I I think that's why people enjoy current things so much. Like whatever current thing is, you know, Ukraine or oh or, yeah, it gives everybody something to talk about. It gives people a license to be somewhat emotional about something, but it guides them in what they should feel about it. Exactly, it so comes the, preloaded with uh, how you should feel about the it com- thing. It comes preloaded with how you should feel about thing, and that way you can show emotion without while making sure that you do not step outside the bounds of acceptable emotion. That would cause a problem in social circle. But like, look at people melting down over this Roe v. Wade thing. I mean, yeah, it's, they're they're is... pre that that they're pre-programmed to have melt. Like, it's meltdown time, everybody. We're gonna give you meltdown. Everybody, take your meltdown. And so they go out in the street and they have meltdown. <laughs> they go out in the street and they have a meltdown. This is why I wonder if sometimes I wonder if, uh, like, I wonder is Klaus Schwab correct? And maybe so. Maybe. <laughs> because, you know, everyone focuses on the you'll own nothing part. Uh-huh. But he also promises that we'll be happy. <laughs> right? So, maybe, but, like, maybe they understand what, like, slovenly cattle most people are. <laughs> and that they need, they can't handle, like... Like, here's the thing. Growing up, you know, they would talk about communism and the Iron Curtain, you know? Uh-huh. And they're like, ah, you know, in the Soviet Union, you go to the store, you know what you have? Only one toothpaste. Oh, no. Only one toothpaste. But over here, you got 50 bazillion toothpaste. And And you know what? I hate 15 bazillion toothpaste. Everyone hates 15 bazillion toothpaste. Because 15 bazillion toothpaste is stupid. And the only way you can convince people that 15 bazillion toothpaste 
is good is by employing Debbie to talk about her synergy in an <laughs> advertising thing. And and that's that justifies every terrorist attack ever happened in the United States. <laughs> right? Because when that happens, it's like, yeah, well, I see Might what you mean. I see what you bit. mean, Abdul. You know? And so... Um, so... The, like, all of the choice of stuff, at a certain point, here's the problem. People want to to know that they're making the good choice. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They want to know they're making good choice. But when you're presented with infinite options for everything in life, it is not possible to know that you're making good choice because you don't have enough time to research all the nuances of all the toothpastes. True. And, and which one is going to damage your child's IQ by three points because it has a minuscule amount of, I don't know, fluoride or mercury in it. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you look at all the papers, like, does the research show this? And then you're like, oh, yeah, look at this paper. Oh, no, this one says the opposite. Oh, blah, 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 blah. back and forth. And you get analysis paralysis, and people just spiral into either one of two camps, not being able to care at all about what they consume, which is how you become uh, a giant fatty that's mm-hmm. sick with diabetes. Because you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Eat the McDonald's in the, every day. Or you get... Uh, holistic derangement syndrome <laughs> where you're talking about how the meat must be not cooked organic and uh, it you know needs to be consumed with sushi butter or some some craziness that you've come up with right where you've analyzed everything to the point where nothing makes sense anymore right and so uh, I think maybe Klaus Schwab and and this is this is a thing that goes on with everything in life, right? Like, if you have infinite choices of houses, people just buy no house because they might make the wrong choice. And people are way more conditioned to avoid making the right choice than to pursue making the. They're way more conditioned to avoid making the wrong choice than they are to pursue making the right choice. And so, when given infinite options, people just choose to continue to rent rather than. The fear of being locked into a bad deal. Yeah, that's interesting. Or, or with this is why no one gets married anymore or has babies because the dating apps give you the illusion of infinite choice and partner. So, what if you make the wrong one? And you can't possibly know if you're choosing the best one because there's seemingly infinitely many people. Like in the past, where you just like met. You had your choice of, like, the people in high school. Well, you could, like, sort of sift through that and figure out which one was the best for you. But now, given the choice of, like, everyone on Earth, you can't... And people just... And this is why ladies just become spinsters. Because they're like, well, but maybe I choose the wrong one. And then, like, when you do... If you do ever partner up, then there's always that that nagging fear in people of, like... Oh, but maybe, maybe the perfect person is 
it's one click away. And this one's like almost perfect. <laughs> right? This this person is almost perfect, but maybe. And so maybe Klaus Schwab, in his benevolence, in his Jedi robes, sees this problem and is like, we have to take away choice. But they will be happier. Is this possible? <laughs> is this possible? I feel like you're walking a dark path here, Sumo. I don't know. I don't I don't know if people uh, I think you need a see the thing is, and I think he may be correct about this, old Klausy. You need a certain level of maturity to handle prosperity. You know, like yeah, I mean, this that's is why true. lottery winners uh, always have bad problems, or very often if they come from, especially if they come from like low income backgrounds. Um, and I think the American people as a whole are not handling prosperity well. I mean, just look around. Their life expectancies are going down mm -hmm. as their money goes up. Yeah. Ab abortions go up as money goes up. And and all the all the bad social statistics, single parenthood, uh, divorce, um, you know, abuse, uh, you know, domestic abuse, drug usage, they all go up as income go up. So maybe income when you go down. Maybe you need to make poor, then people get better. I always try to see the other side. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a people person. I see the other side. Maybe Klaus Schwab is right. Maybe the World Economic Forum is a benevolent force and we just don't understand their wisdom. I think you're falling into the um what do you call it? Rational error of uh the noble poor. Like some poor well, some poor are noble. Some poor are ignoble, you know, That's and it true. is like not, not, not be, being poor doesn't necessarily make somebody more noble than they were before they were poor. It doesn't, but, um, but I, I think we, I think we have in this country a, uh, a deficit of character that prevents us from being satisfied with either riches or poverty. Well, like this is the same, like, is a social credit system bad? Yes, I'm, I'm asking all these questions. For you. <laughs> yes, but, yeah, I think so. I think so. But like in China, right? Uh, like if you, yes, if you criticize the CCP, your score goes down. But also, if you do things like, um, get pregnant out of wedlock, right? But social, all the CCP did was take what what functions naturally at at a humane societal scale of you know you you build a reputation for yourself by your actions and people know each other and know who they can mm -hmm. trust and so forth um all they did was try to take that social function that's been blown apart by the scale of modern living and technologically recreate it but then also use it as a political weapon yeah yeah. So I'm all for what, I'm I'm for an organic social credit system that doesn't involve the government. 
Yeah, but how would you implement it? See, this is the it's thing. It's self-implementing. Maybe, class, if, maybe CIA is our friend. No, it's self-implementing. If you live in a if you live in a community of like five to seven thousand people, that that stuff functions on its own. Just, well, that's true. It, it would function on its own, but people are too uh, um, physically and emotionally damaged to live in small communities now. They're are they? I gone. don't know. They have to. They have. He builds pod and serves bugs because people need pod and bugs. Maybe, maybe some people do. I don't need pod and bugs. <laughs> you don't need pod and bugs, but maybe a lot of people do, and and that's why he was like, you know, look, not everyone's gonna be in the in the smart city with the pod and the bugs, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Maybe Klaus Schwab is an angel from heaven. I mean, the pod, the, the mega city with the pod pod and bugs will provide many people. <laughs> Exactly what they want, which is constant stimulation and gratification of a very right. low quality. But if that's all they're, if that's all they know, like if they don't know well, the I joys mean, of they're being raised parents, on Marvel movies, yeah. If the, like if their joy level, if the things that bring them joy are things like the new Marvel movie and not hiking in the woods with their children, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like being living in a pod and eating the bugs is perfect for them. So I mean, I see your point there. Yeah, like they look around. Maybe Klaus Schwab looks around at the reaction to uh, the Roe v. Wade decision, where people think that some states having abortion laws similar to Norway is the handmaid's tale. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because America has hitherto had the most permissive abortion laws on the planet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with regards to like the term, the lateness of the term when one can have one and so forth and so on. Uh, and and if this the new decision is like upheld, then it would roll us back in abortion quote unquote rights to something more like the Netherlands. Yeah, and that's the Handmaid's Tale, right? See? Right, <laughs> where where women are used as breeding cattle. I think I haven't actually watched the movie because it looks dumb. It does but, look dumb. Yeah, but if if Klaus Schwab looks around at people doing that, and he says, you know what, those people would be better in a pod eating bugs. He may be correct. Right? He may be he may be a correct person because I I like I would I would uh I I watched a lot of takes about the Roe v Wade thing. And first of all there's all the usual lying which is like there was like a, suddenly there was like 50,000 Twitter handles where they were like I was raped and impregnated by my dad when I was seven or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And and I was like, well, that may have happened a few times, but that is certainly not a societal-wide problem. And someone was like, hey, you can't know the lives of these women. And I was like, of course you can know whether paternal incestuous rape babies are a societal-wide problem. Like that would be something that would be pretty obvious. And it isn't. Um, and so you had a lot of people just like lying to make it. But then you had a lot of women that were not trying to hide the fact that most of what they had done is is killed their children for their own uh, economic comfort. Yeah. Like women were like, hey, listen, I wouldn't have got so far with my PhD thesis if I had to take care of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really saw this several times. Really? Several times? Like somebody several said that times. unironically? <laughs> unironically. 
Like, you know, I couldn't have done it. And it would have taken away what time I did have to spend with my daughter that is there. You know? Man, that's so... I mean, I'm laughing, but that is just devastatingly sad. It's dark. It's That's, like, so demonic. Like, I prefer this, um, you know, PhD to living human being. Um, is Is dark on a level that's hard to yeah fathom wow um but like i feel like laughter is my only defense to defense against the horror of it and i'm just like laughing at this horrible thing well that's well that's that's the only thing i can do if you know in preparation for the show i was just trying to do a little quick like fact finding mission about abortion Mm -hmm. and i was just like looking up things like how much does an abortion cost and all, all sorts of things. And just just looking at the pricing and the product descriptions of like, you know, this sort of ab- abortion where they vacuum you out costs $1,200. But this sort of abortion where they pull the baby out whole <laughs> costs $4,000. I mean, it's just, it was so, the horror of it is evergreen to me yeah and like that sort of behavior is like well if you're at a stage where you're you're making products like those are listed as like products yeah out of such services because america makes everything into a product yeah you know like i always tell people uh, like sometimes i'll be like i'm gonna go consume food product (laughs) because everything's a product Right. Um, it then maybe you maybe maybe pod is best. Yeah. May, maybe pod best. So uh, maybe bugs best for for such people that that um, that do such things. I don't know. Um, but maybe Klaus Schwab has has a point. Uh, well, what you were saying, laughing at it, that's an important thing I want to bring up. Uh, because, well, today, today, today's show, we're going to talk about defense against the dark arts. Oh, good. You know. Highly relevant. Highly relevant. Um, and, and that is a central theme. It's like, you know, in Harry Potter, the, um, the, the Bogarts, are you familiar with the Bogarts? No. Uh, the the Bogart was a was a was a one of the dark art things. It was a shape shifting thing that uh, of non is like a shape shifter of non being that took on the form of its observer's worst fear. Okay. And the way to beat it was to um, cast a ridiculous spell upon it, where it became ridiculous and you could laugh at it. <laughs> Right, which is true. That's so true of how you fight a lot of stuff, and that's why, like, your defense of like laughing at it, yeah, is natural and and exactly what you should do. Um, but first, I want to talk about. Um, well, we need to talk about Madison Cawthorn and being uh, gay. Of course, he is. You know, every Republican politician is gay. Well, I- without exception. Why it's it's I've been pulling my hair out watching conservative Republican people 
of which who, with whom I am very sympathetic and share many uh, philosophical beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's my stock. That's my people. Mm-hmm. They are blindly refusing to understand Madison Cawthorn. And they're like, oh, he called out the the degenerate behavior in Washington, and now they're trying to take him down with this smear campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, on one level, on one level, that's true. He did call out the degenerate behavior in Washington with the Coke, Coke orgies or whatever, which surely goes on with some frequency and worse things uh-huh, uh-huh. in Washington. But... And and his reason for doing that is not known to us, because who's who's this guy? Okay, he's twenty six years old. Um, Let's refer to him as Wheels from now on. Wheels is twenty six years old. Right. He's never had a real job. He's no. done absolutely nothing in his life except except get paralyzed. And even his and persona. What kind of like, thing is that to put on your resume? Even his persona, like. When he first hit the scene, he would talk about how his kind of his military career was interrupted by his injury. And it's and and people heard that sort of take and and immediately stuck him in the model, the mental model of a uh, war injured veteran now getting into politics. Like mm-hmm. that was that's like a little thought form that he just slipped right into, okay? But the yeah, man has never the man has never been rhetoric, in the mil- yeah. in the military. And and people know like this is not a secret. People know that he's never been in the military. He had applied for and was rejected from I think the Air Force Academy or Naval Academy or something. Uh when when he was in a car wreck uh with one of his buddies and was paralyzed. But he slipped into this this idea very easily. He's got like fancy haircut you know, jawline, he's got the military look, and and that, for I think mo- probably most people that initially latched onto his career and the idea of him being a politician, that's how they saw them, that's how he was perceived, even though, even if they knew the facts were not exactly that. It didn't, it didn't even matter. Like, he's mm-hmm. just got the look and he's got the thing. And, but he never, he's never done anything. He's a kid. Like he's literally twenty six years old. I can't if he's had a real job, like an actual job that would prepare one for service in Washington. I don't know what it is. I mean, well, no, he's had he's had lingerie orgies. Well, he, I mean, he worked. He which worked is at Chick Fil A. He worked Chick Fil A for a while, and then he went to college and studied political science. And and then he he apparently there's there's some sort of a um investment company that he is. The only employee of that has never made a profit or never posted a, any revenue and owns one twenty thousand dollar piece of real estate, and that's it. Like that's it. I mean, the guy. Well, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing to him. He was he was created out of thin air to be the next young new right guy, and his purpose is the only purpose he serves is to say right wing things to keep people. To keep the right flank of the Republican Party attached to voting GOP. That's it. That's his whole purpose. 
He even yeah, yeah. he's even said like I've set up my I've set up my uh my staff office. This is a communications office. It's not a legislative office. Like he's not even about doing legislation. He's mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. messaging, 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 messaging to get people with um right wing sensibilities and are and young young people to get them latched onto the Republican Party. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's his only purpose. And so now, and we've established on this show before, you don't get on a ballot at this level unless you're compromised. Like, oh, no. period. Yeah, of course. Full stop. So, take it for, you know, you can take it for granted day one. New, new hot politician comes on the scene, he's compromised. So, Madison Cawthorn gets to Washington. For whatever reason... I don't know. Maybe he had a change of heart. Let's give the best case scenario. Let's be as charitable as we can. He got to Washington. He realized how the place really operates. He's horrified by it. Um, you know, even though even though he you know he grew up sort of a vapid party boy lifestyle. Um, okay, whatever. He's he's seen the light. He's seen how bad it really is, and he decides he wants to take it on. Okay, he's already mm-hmm. compromised. He's already compromised. And and now Washington is using its very effective immune system to to fight against him. You know, I don't I don't know if his oppositions to Washington are real or if this is some kind of a show. It almost it really doesn't matter because the way that the system is set up, even if his intentions are good and honest at this point, he can accomplish nothing. Like he right. was he was not put there to accomplish anything except for messaging and marketing for the Republican Party. And so now he's he's taking the sand against you know the coke orgies and 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 whatever, but it turns out he's he's a total degenerate. <laughs> I mean I don't know what else to tell you. Like he's trying to pawn this stuff off. Like okay to bring you up to speed for those of you not not aware, um, there's videos coming out uh, in sort of this trickle drop by drop fashion uh, of him. Um, uh, the first round of them of them were sort of like lots of really gay joking around with his male scheduler who's like a younger guy, you know, good-looking dude and there's a lot of like grab ass and gay jokes and stuff. And okay, like at that point, that's this was a few weeks ago and at that point I was like I mean like I get, you know, guys play grab ass and make gay jokes sometimes but this stuff was over the line okay like really awkward and weird and like none of my friends joke like this and then apparently now there's a video of him in some sort of naked situation i haven't seen it don't really want to uh but enough reporting on it it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what the circumstances are if there's video of you naked in bed with another man like I'm sorry, you've made you've made some mistakes that disqualify you from public office. I just I don't know what else to tell you. What you, if they're what if they're outside freezing to death and they need to huddle together for warmth? I kind of doubt that that's okay. Maybe if it if it turns out that they were freezing to death uh-huh. and trying to stay warm, even then you can you can leave your underwear on. I've actually been what if all of their, what I've if been all in their that situation. I've been in a situation where we were so cold that I had to to like physically huddle together with another man to not freeze to death. Uh-huh. There was no grab ass 
And we kept our clothes on too. So I don't think I don't think that's what the situation was. I think if we put uh Madison Cawthorn and Dan Crenshaw together, we might get a whole person. <laughs> Dan Crenshaw is another great example of this guy. He, right, because he's, he's like, oh, he's I'm just a the reincarnation a- of of John McCain. <laughs> And yeah. he came on the, the scene, and everybody was like, "Oh, Dan Crenshaw! Help. Dan Crenshaw is going to shake up this town, and he's going to fight for real conservative principles." And then before that, it was um, Paul Ryan. Look at Paul Ryan; he lifts weights. Check out his bicep; he's going to fight for. Have you seen his tax plan? Incredible. Which was the worst one because Paul Ryan is ridiculous. Total, and they all end up being his total bi- self-seeking <laughs> slime balls. Every time. Stop falling for this, guys. Republicans can't help but worship, just like Democrats can't help but worship a a black transsexual. They just can't. (laughs) They just love it. Right? It's just like, if you're a black transsexual and you're fat, they're going to think that you need to do monetary policy. Right? In the same way, Republicans just cannot, if you're like, a military person that was injured. Mm-hmm. That's all the credentials you need. Yeah. Dis- despite the fact, I even wonder if Dan Crenshaw even has a bad eye. It's funny because like they couldn't find any actual war injured vets to fill this role because I think too many of them realize. <laughs> well, oh yeah, like, like oh, the, you know, if uh, you've been like, injured oh, in the, war, the, if you've been injured in war, you've gained some wisdom about how the world works. You've had some time to reflect on the sort of people that made the decisions that sent you to be injured in war and what that war was really about. You've thought about these things if you're an injured vet, I I wager, which would you're say probably over there like, hmm, you know, we just blew up that family at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the baddie? Yeah. Yeah, you've done some soul searching and and maybe realized, hey, Washington's probably not for me or anybody else of good character. And I'm going to I'm not going to go sign up for the team that just had me blown up for no reason. Um, And so they can't get those. And so they got Madison Cawthorn instead. It's such a joke. It's such a joke. Stop falling for this right wing people. I also don't like Dan Crenshaw because he's the epitome of the Illuminati symbolism of turning a blind eye, like one eye symbolism. Yeah, it's like, like really leaning into eye. that. Allegedly, I'm not sure that he does. I've only found seen the one the one thing of him showing off his quote unquote glass eye. Uh huh. Which, first of all, why is he wearing this stupid eye patch? He could just have that glass eye. It's in a like theater a persona. Person. The patch is like he looks like a, a right a Marvel. You know, he looks like Justice a dumb League guy. Pirate. He's like, hello, I'm Republican gay pirate. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, yay, we, we, that, you can go with gay vampire Peter Thiel, we worship also. Um, or, but also, like, he could be faking the glass eye. He could have a contacts in there that makes it look. Maybe. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe he really lost an eye. His, his face around his eye looks very undamaged for to have lost an eye. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to mess up it your eye. It doesn't. I mean, I agree, it, but I'm just skeptical of everyone. I understand the in, in politics. Sentiment. He may that may not be. It's very possible that someone could have lost an eye in war. It's also very possible that he is he's a shyster regardless. But it's also possible that his shysterism goes farther than we imagine because his. He lifts up his eye patch and he's supposedly got a Captain America glass eye. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. But he and he and Wheels together. We put them. We put them together, and in a in a in a in a naked in a bed, right? And we wrapped them up in a in a flag in an Israeli flag, right? And then we we shake them around, and they talk about degeneracy for about you know you let it bake for five hours, and they they, they would come out as the perfect Republican candidate. <laughs> Well, we should okay. So now a counterpoint. Let's let's counterpoint ourselves here uh, about Donald Trump because yeah, he has. Well, okay, I I go back and forth on this Roe v. Wade. Oh, before overturn. I forget, okay, go before ahead. I forget, everyone just Google military bananas. What? Or army bananas? Army is this gonna, is this some kind of trap? I'm going to see something horrible. No, this is just there's a bunch of there's a trend in the military barracks of of uh men doing acts with bananas. Why would I Google that? Because I'm just saying that Wheels being gay military and Dan Crenshaw is very Well Wheels was never the in the military. military. I know, but that 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 uh aspect of him would fit right in. Right. The army the army I think that I think the the most well all the branches of the military are different, but the army is the most normal, and the marines are the most. And this is just my outsider perspective. I might be wrong on this. Mm-hmm. All you marines out there listening, but you know what goes on in the marine barracks. I don't. Yeah, they do. They'll they've told me things. <laughs> marines are an interesting group. But anyway, um, what were you saying? I, I was—I still have the image of Dan Crenshaw uh, pretending to be, like, forming the legs of Madison Cawthorn for him. Oh no! This is a horrible, like, like brr, you know, gay politician continue. transformer. Yeah, you're making here. Uh, no, I was thinking about Roe v. Wade and the Trump legacy because uh-huh. the all like think back to Trump's candidacy and presidency. All the people that you know, all the Republican people that you know, that are totally on board for guys like Dan Crenshaw and Paul Ryan, they all hated Trump. They all hated him. And and fought him the whole way. And, you know, you had this big division between the MAGA people and the establishment Republican people on the right. And it was this bitter fight, and eventually the establishment won and got rid of Trump with the fake election. Uh, and now sure. Trump, you know, Trump had a lot of problems uh, personally and with his presidency, but I don't think we can let this moment pass by without, especially if if this Roe v. Wade overturn thing is real. And it's brought to you courtesy of the three justices that Trump appointed. And it really does end up allowing many states, probably more than half the states in the country, to immediately ban the horrible, evil practice of murdering children. Then that will be the greatest accomplishment and the most powerful legacy that 
a Republican politician has put forward for the good of this country, maybe in a hundred years. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how anyone tops that with anything any politician has done for I don't know how long. I mean, that is huge. That is a huge deal to get OV, Roe v. Wade overturned. And now I'm assuming, and I, there is some doubt, like I do doubt this just because it seems like, it seems like a scam, especially with the early leak. Although I've been informed that the leak, the original Roe decision was also leaked early. So, um, but assuming it's real, then Donald Trump, especially among Christian right people, uh, has just put a win on the board with his ju- judicial appointments that can can never be uh, topped by anybody else in Republican politics as far as what actually matters in in making this country a better place. I'd agree with you. I, I think uh, that nothing will change, though. You don't think anything my, will change? Is my well, there's my, there there are a lot of states with laws on the books. So okay, yes, California and New York are always going to California and New York, and states right, right. like them. But um, places there's a lot of states where abortion is is hated, and it's only really practiced by a very small portion of the population. That um, and it will immediately be repealed. In fact, there's some states have laws in the books. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, then that immediately triggers enforcement enforcement of an abortion ban already on the books. And there will be states in this country, and, and, and this would represent a huge return to Federalist Tenth Amendment sort of principles. And and it's funny because you have to see – I think people have to see this in um, – as side by side with marijuana legalization, because the states of the country uh, that want marijuana are just legalizing it. Is marijuana illegal under federal law? Yes, it is. Uh, do they care? No, they're they're asserting their independence as, as states, and so, and I think that seeing states do everything but outright ban abortion, putting making it so restrictive that it's almost banned. Um, even before Roe is overturned, we're seeing a return to federalist principles because the federal system is totally breaking down. Uh, I I it, think it that is, it's but it's has a it been clown overturned show. or is that a bunch of I haven't really like I just assumed so that the, it's gonna they're gonna be like ah but no but yeah well it's gonna be a bunch of hype. There's been a leak. No, they have not said that they've overturned it. What happened is a draft of the majority opinion. Uh, that right. it has been leaked, and it's authored by Alito, who is, uh, you know, definitely very pro-life. And so, and you can get on if you just look at who's on the court. There's a, there's a easy five four there, even without Roberts. So it if if Roe came up, if Roe was on the on the chopping block, I it's entirely possible just based on who's on the court right now that it would be overturned, like uh like. Dred Scott was overturned. Like a lot of established legal presidents in in the history of the country were later overturned because they were terrible law. Roe is terrible, a terrible judgment and has been a curse on this country ever since it was decided. 
and it's needed to be overturned ever since. It is a total, it's crap legal theory. It's absolute garbage legal theory. Always has been. Um, But, you know, people going to worship Molech. And so they've fought for it this entire time. And if it is really overturned, and I'm not 100% convinced it will be, this may be a big game. Uh, But I can't, just because of what is possible for this country, I can't help but be excited about it. And and all the people, all the all the Christian people that turn their nose up at Trump are going to have to go look in the mirror over this and 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 figure out like how did they how did they get it so wrong that they would not see when a guy came in and and was aggressively appointing lots of pro-life judges to the court and making that a central piece of his work in his first term how they could not be turned in their opinion. I understand not liking him at the beginning. That's fine. You know, but the man, the man did some great work here. If this goes through, I keep qualifying it because it is, it does need the qualification. If this is real. Yeah. Um, I think all we have now is a supposed leaked memo. Well, it's, it's a, it's a draft. It's a draft opinion that was leaked by uh, one of the clerks. So what they do do is after, after a vote has occurred, yeah, the opinion needs to be written, and so cause, so when the when the vote is announced, there is also published by the court a a, a paper explaining why they decided the way they did, and it's written, sure. um, it's written by the the winning team or the winning judges, and they'll pick one of the guys that voted for the, in this case, overturn. Uh, they'll pick somebody to write the opinion, and then they'll all share the draft, and they'll comment on it. And it's a, like a collaborative process to write this thing because the dis- this paper itself becomes part of the um, body of legal precedent of the Supreme Court. So other cases will then refer in future can then refer to this document in in making judgments and so forth. So it's the precedent, uh, the the legal system of establishing precedent. All this is very important. So everybody gets everybody on the court gets a gets a case. All their clerks, you know, see they they work on the document with the justices and and this thing is is being prepared to be released when they announce the vote. Uh, because it will, and it, it's a serious business because it's going to affect the way future cases are decided and so forth. And this is supposed to be very secret, and these leaks never happen. Apparently, it hasn't happened since since the Roe decision, since that was leaked. If I'm in, correctly informed on that point, but the idea that that this was leaked, uh, I, I presume to um, to stir up a bunch of hay and and maybe intimidate the justices into changing changing their vote. Um, or something. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the motivation of the leaker was. Uh, but that, that that's what's going on. That's the deal with this document. So it is an important document, and it does. It's a majority opinion, so it does indicate. And they've they've confirmed. The Supreme Court has said yes, this is real. Like this isn't faked. So mm-hmm. it's reasonable to assume that they have voted. Um, I mean, unless Alito just wrote this thing for fun and shared it with the rest of the court, even though they hadn't voted, which doesn't seem, that doesn't seem a a realistic explanation for the existence of it. So I think the assumption one can safely make is that they have voted five, four to overturn Roe, And they're in the process of writing the opinion before they announce it. Um, And then that's what was leaked. Maybe I tend to, I I don't know. I, I, I tend to think they'll just, 
this will be a big show and they'll pull the rug out at the last minute. Be like, oh no, it didn't happen. Uh, that I that's, mean, that's my presumption, but maybe yeah. maybe it'll be a thing. It it I understand that is a strong possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I think you're correct to be skeptical. Because I mean, who would I? I just go through the justices and like, who would vote against it? I mean, we got. But I would. I would rather hope for this thing to be real now, because of yeah. what it would mean, and be disappointed later than not not be hopeful now. I mean, like you got Kavanaugh, right? Yeah. He he pretended to be his own rape accuser, <laughs> and is Catholic, so he's not gonna vote against abortion. Uh huh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced on the whole. Kavanaugh is uh, what's that babe's name? Uh, no one remembers because she vanished off the face of the earth. Right. At the moment. I'm not convinced of that, but okay. <laughs> I think that uh, we got Amy Conan B- Barrett. Yeah. Also Catholic. Not going to vote against abortion. Uh, she, no, she's very. She's militantly pro-life. Yeah. Yeah, but she ain't going to do anything about it. You don't think? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, well, here's here's the thing. It's like if this if this if this is real, I will see this as uh, God graciously blessing our country with something that we don't deserve, which is the overturn of abortion. Well, I would agree with you. I just uh, I'm just waiting on the shoe to drop and be like, oh no, that was a, yeah. That was a draft of if we had voted that way, but then we didn't, and then the bar. Right. Well, th- so now they're— uh, That happens so often. Now th- now it's true that the court is now going to be in- pressured immensely to not do this from powerful people all over the political machine. They're going to be under incredible pl- pressure. They're going to get death threats. I would not be surprised if some if one of them were assassinated or something. I mean, like this is this is to take away what is essentially the the blood ritual of the American human sacrifice cult religion, uh, or or to inter- interrupt it in any way, um, is ser- like people are freaking out about this because this is literally part of their religion. That that's how that's how closely they hold to how much they love abortion it's it's sick it's dark it is the it is the darkest thing like when you really consider what our country does and how it is enshrined as like this sacred thing that we do here Mm -hmm. i mean the longer you look at it the worse it gets i mean go go look at a picture of a of a of a dead baby that's the result of an abortion, late-term abortion. Like, you can't... It's the most horrible thing. And... So when when people, you know, might think you or I are just way too cynical about America. I mean, come on, they can't all be fake. You really you really expect me to believe that, you know, they're just, they're just lying about being conservatives? Yes, I do. Because... Planned Parenthood was set up by the Bush family. Okay? Republicans. That That's where... And, and this, this abortion thing is so morally central to the future of our country that it, its importance cannot be overstated. And so that's why I'm so... I usually don't... When stuff like this happens, I usually don't get as so worked up about it. But the reason I'm so worked up about this is because 
of the the intense metaphysical uh, moral weight of this whole thing. So, thus ends my yeah. Maybe comments. I just I just am, I did I hope it does. I just think it. I just am waiting there like ah now. Yeah, I know, I know, buddy. <laughs> Which is what it is. <laughs> <coughs> see, I'm coughing. Do you see? see? I, I see. You sound terrible. What's wrong with you? <coughs> I'm fine. You got the allergies? I got. Some you got something. bird flu? <coughs> I probably have. Um... Hey, does anybody out there know anyone personally that has had their farm affected by bird flu? I ask because I'm not convinced it's real. Yeah, I don't think it's real. I think also the cullings are often not real. I think they just talk about them. Oh, you think the cullings are fake? Yeah, I think they just print stuff up. Like, this is the thing. Like, I think it, you just print up a memo. Like, a leaked... Like, this is my problem. All you have to do is seed the, the idea into the public, and it becomes a right an issue. Which is what I suspect maybe have happened with this supposed leak. Like, like when they confirm, it's like, yeah, that's from us... Uh, I haven't looked into it, but oftentimes what that means is that came from our office. Well, I, I would expect any time like a food independence movement takes root, that government slash big ag, which are, you know, two sides of the same coin, they're inseparably interconnected, um, would do anything to try to squash it. And so at a time when people are like raising, you know, we've gone, gardening is, is, Increasing in popularity, people are keeping chickens and like small dacha format agriculture is is taking off all over the country. I, I would fully expect them to do anything they could do to discourage that. And so either pretending there's a bird flu rampaging through the country to make people afraid to buy chickens, because there has been the, the sale of of chicks and chickens and all that stuff has been uh, canceled in many parts of the country. I know that tractor supply or or Southern States or something, one of these, you know, little hardware stores that car- usually carries baby chicks in the spring, they've, they've stopped selling them because of the bird flu. So it, it is having that effect. Um, and I, I would, I would just expect that sort of reaction from those, those parties. I would expect that sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah. I expect that sort of thing too, but I think that it's, it's all just an illusion. <laughs> okay. Like that. The flu is in, and the culling due to the flu. Right. You think it's all. It's just. Well, I, if anybody knows, like firsthand, verifiable, either somebody whose flock has been culled because of bird flu or somebody whose birds have gotten bird flu, I would like to hear right. your story because I can't, I can't find a single story on this that I can actually verify. Right. Right. Well, well, this is what I'm, this is why I want today's show defense against the dark arts because I am. I'm basically Dumbledore, right? Yeah. I think. I've always thought of you that way. I'm basically Dumbledore. And um, our people, our our listeners are like um, kids in Hufflepuff, you know? Or I don't think any, I think there's very few of our people in Ravenclaw. Nah. It's not really our our type. Most of our listeners are Hufflepuff and there's a few Slytherins. What about Gryffindor? Isn't that one? Yeah, good job. You knew a pop culture reference. I, every once in a while, I get one. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Uh, there's a few in Gryffindor, but we're, we're I mean, you know, uh, we're mostly Hufflepuff people. Mm-hmm. And Hufflepuff people need to know 
This is the problem, you know. Republicans are Hufflepuffers. They tend to think they tend to accept things at face value. Well, Madison Cawthorn is apparently he's huffing puffles. Yeah, he's a Hufflepuffer. They're all Hufflepuffers, and uh, Republicans tend to accept things at face value and think people are being honest and they're like, you know, woo, you know, and then like the the Slytherin people are just lying all the time, and so they the the, the Hufflepuff crowd needs defense against the dark arts more than anybody. Because they're so trusting. And so, like, um, one of the ways that the system op- <coughs> operates is to, well, there's, there's like three or four basic moves. One, one is to just ruin things and get people to pretend it's still good. Like, for instance, Star Wars. Right or anything that was good, you have to make it bad, and then people continue out of nostalgia for the thing, like it, and they and then they begin to warp their aesthetic. That's one move that's classic. Anything that was good, you make progressively horrible, but people still remain attached to it, and then you warp that person thereby. Right, but another move that's less uh, known and recognized is the is the creating conflict where there is none. Like just poof out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And that is exists to create the so okay, a good example. Um and this is some people on our side our side quote unquote are gonna be upset with me for saying this. Uh but like the don't say gay bill in Florida, so called, mm-hmm. right? Is I think a whoosh, it's just a it's just a mirage to create conflict where there was none. So, like, is it true that there are teachers that if you go to public school in 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 America, there's a bunch of teachers just waiting to talk to your first grader about masturbation? Yeah. Now, I don't think so. You know, I think so? there's very few. There are some, but I think it's a very small problem. And what ha- like I think if you go to most schools in America, what you will find is a teacher there doing ABCs and the normal right. stuff. And what they do is they find one or two people where this is an issue, and they blow it up to a gigantic proportion, make people react against that, right? And then that paradoxically normalizes the position you're fighting against. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this is it's 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 yin and yang stuff. It's like all like Heraclitus said all things come into being through the union of opposites. So, if you want something to happen and it's not, what can you do is you can create its opposite and then that will birth it into existence. And so no one like if Republicans hadn't hadn't what I think t- fallen for this bait of freaking out about this, um, then there would be no national conversation about whether or not first graders should talk about masturbation or whatever, and then it just wouldn't happen. But now you've created this class of people who feel the need to take up that position 
and who have begun to think about it as maybe a normal thing that could happen. Whereas that wouldn't have happened beforehand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay. I'll take your, I'll take your point for granted here for a second. And then I'll ask, so, okay. The solution isn't to have a big movement against it or or create a big anti, anti movement. Then what is, so there is a real problem of, of teachers doing this and, and yeah, most teachers don't. But how big is the problem? It's, well, it's, it's big enough. It's like, it's like, is everybody in the corporation a, a, a flaming blue hair cat lady? No. But the HR manager is a flaming blue hair <laughs> cat lady. And over time, her influence will bring more and more flaming blue hair cat ladies into the company. Right? And in the same way, mm-hmm. I think what's going on in most public schools is the teachers might not be in all cases there might be one or two but at the at the county school board curricula office there is somebody who's selecting um the sex ed curriculum that's created by some not for profit curriculum company that makes a bunch of videos and maybe two of their videos and their curriculum are shared in health class and they have they're they're a little more tame but the handouts and the the materials that go along with this packaged curriculum that these that these um, schools buy uh, also comes with links and websites and referrals to other material from the company that the kids can then go look at at their own time and they're being in uh in, and then the videos from that are like psycho really weird like telling kids oh yeah it's great to look at porn all this weird stuff like young kids and 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 what i just described that is really the case in in chicago school district uh is that they these kids are given by their health teacher and the health teacher may not even know what is what else is available from this company country company but they're introducing to these children some of this material that's all full full on like gender transition propaganda convincing kids and but but at the same time there are teachers out there that see a kid who's picked on and um they say oh that kid must be trans i'll encourage this kid i'll say oh i know sweetie i'm sorry you're getting picked on um you know what if what if you just really need to be yourself you know a lot of kids uh are born in the wrong body or whatever and then they take that opportunity to to affect that child and that and it's usually like the the weird kids that get picked on a lot um that get targeted for this so there are there are people doing this they write about it on reddit all the time there's there's there there are reddit boards by these teachers that do that so there there's the problem it's it you know i i will grant to you that it's probably not a ton of people but i would say that most urban schools have a few of teachers like this in them maybe not so much out out in the suburbs or the exurbs out in the country <laughs> Uh, but, but so then what the what if the if the solution mm-hmm. isn't the Florida solution, what is the how does one approach this problem? Well, first of all, I would say there are no gay people in San Francisco. <laughs> so I was just I've been there several times. Uh-huh. I was just there again. You know, uh, I, I, I've been there for whatever reason. Out of all the states besides the one I live in, I'm always called back to California. Uh huh. I end up going there the most. So, 
And one thing I took care to note was how many people in San Francisco are into current thing, which while when I was there was Ukraine. Yeah. And the answer was zero. I that is very interesting. There there are there were no Ukrainian flags. There were no any any of that. In the, now I didn't drive around the entire Bay Area. I'm sure I could find some, right? But no one had any visible displays of concern about current thing. No one talked about current thing. I saw maybe one rainbow flag while I was there. Okay. And you will see far more displays of... You will see more cars with bumper stickers of an equal sign or a rainbow flag Mm -hmm. in the Deep South than you will in San Francisco. And that's objectively true, percentage-wise. That is so wild to me. I mean, I I believe you. But here's the thing. Because those people feel the need to become the opposite. So in in a very conservative culture, Mm -hmm. the people, it must manifest its opposite. Right? And so, like, people feel more need to express whatever... Whatever outside the norm things they feel to individuate themselves from the the culture, right? Okay. And so it is. It is in some paradoxical way the culture war itself, which validates the other side, right? And so when one does not have it, this is and this is why like. All of the yuppies in the in the in the America and all of the upper class, they don't have any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But if you go to like New England and you go to the upper class areas of I don't know Long Island or or wherever, um, they're all normal married families with children that are doing normal stuff, right? And and but. Because there is no there is no culture war there, and so my my thesis here is that it is the engaging in the culture war itself is part of the spell that creates the problem. That's part of the dark arts, is getting people. It's just like Ukraine. No one cared about. No one should care about Ukraine at all. Yeah, but and no one did until it became like. Are you pro-Ukraine or anti-Ukraine? Those are your two positions. And people were like, well, they just fall into two separate states. It's like, boop a boop Which one do you want to be in? And then out of nowhere, just a whoosh, just a manifested out of nowhere, you have a a conflict. But in that in that discussion, isn't isn't Ukraine sort of a straw man in this case because it's so far away, it's easy to see how pointless it is to get upset about it? Well, that's true. Okay. Whereas people trying, people trying to raise their kids, you know, right? And they, but there are there are no Nazis in America until you until you complain about them, and they become Nazis in America. Is that so? Like that's the left wing version of getting stuck in this trap. Like they're all like, "There's Nazis." Like you go around, there are there is not a problem of Nazis in America, but they all think it's this huge problem, Mm -hmm. and then that begins to create. That very thing which they had feared. So then, but then are you saying that, I feel like you're making a trap for yourself, saying 
the, the solution to rising degeneracy in America is to don't be so upright. No, it's to do nothing. It's to do- engaging in the in the. That's why the Wu Wei principle of politics uh-huh. is that if you if you, <clears throat> it can only exist if it has something to push against. Okay. Right, and so if you get up there and are like, <clears throat> because why is the abortion? Well, let's take the abortion thing for a minute. Why do they feel? What is their germ in their head for why they need to do it. It's because Republicans want to control our bodies. Like they need the opposition. If that would just, they're put, that's what they're standing on. Mm-hmm. And if, imagine if that just fell away, they'd have nothing to stand on. I know that seems a bit weird. Right. But, but <clears throat> there would also be abortion though. But would there be as much? I don't know. Cause there's some now, right? And what if no one, what if, what if, like, because there's not, the thing is, there's not a lot of it. I mean, there is a lot of it, but it's also like, I mean, it's like, it's like the, it's like the Nazi issue. It's like the Ukraine issue. It's like the trans issue. Like very, very, very few people in America are trans. And then you blow that up Mm -hmm. into this huge thing. Right. And then you freak out about it. And then people, then people fight against it. And then the other people feeling the need to defend those people fight for it. And then it becomes a thing that grows exponentially. It becomes a giant in the minds of everyone and pulls more people into it by the fact that people fought against it. And so this is what I mean. This is, I think this is one of the spells of the dark arts thing is to create the conflict out of nothing, which creates the thing that you're fighting against. Right. So, I mean, I think you're right in that (coughs) whatever, whatever that the, the forces of darkness want to see happen, they will create, um, a, a movement and an identity around it to make it appealing for people that feel, uh, to latch onto for people that feel excluded from society in some way or that, or that have some other sort of grief or grievance or something they can't let go of or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like r- race hustlers do this. Um, and that's, it's, 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 it's similar. Like the race, racism, anti-racism thing is similar to the abortion thing because people get caught up in this thing for like, political reasons and it ends up destroying them in both cases. I mean, the women that have had abortions, it's not pretty. Um, and, and also, you know, the racism thing is a game that the more you play, the harder you lose. So, I mean, I see, I see your point there, but at the same time, did, did, did laws banning abortions in certain States necessarily create, more abortions like does that make it wrong to pass the law to ban abortion right and i don't i don't know i I don't know about that you know like i don't know the overall outcome Mm -hmm. but it's like it's sort of like how q in like the q movement enabled the steal to happen because they made the opposition to the steal look ridiculous right yeah and no one wanted to associate with the absurdity they, they they did the Bogart move to you, 
which is the thing that was opposing them, they made look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then no one that was a serious person wanted to be associated with the insanity of people screaming about Hillary Clinton and Gitmo in a tunnel in a secret military tribunal. And so they were tended to write off any such things as just that. And then bada bing, bada boom, like it, it becomes so easy to happen. Just like Pizzagate in a sense was a cover became a cover for actual pedophiles because it made, though there was reality to it, and I've talked about this before, there's like, they really use these symbols and stuff. Mm-hmm. The way that the, that the that the people that cared about it spiraled into, into, into craziness over it. Right. Made it seem as though the whole idea of secret pedophilia cults is absurd and therefore protected it. But but was the was is a Florida law which basically says we're not going to allow the school system at certain young ages to introduce uh sexual topics to the children in the classroom. Right. Um which to me sounds very reasonable. And, it is a reasonable and law. it's not like that that in itself is not Casas Belli of a culture war. That's just that's just a, a, a society at, at a certain scale deciding how it wants to run its school system. Now, I don't think government school schools should exist, but for just for the sake of the argument, we'll accept them here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um somebody has to make that decision because it does like it shouldn't just be the teacher deciding at what point a kid gets told about sodomy and, and in what context and what they are told about sodomy like that. I don't think that's an unreasonable culture war thing for the, for the state to say, you know what? We should not be involved in this at all. This is parents jurisdiction. So we're just going to take ourselves off the, off the table for consideration in this matter and parents can deal with that themselves. That I don't feel like that's starting a war at all. That's just something that should be. But of course the left, you know, the the sodomites reacted to this in such a hysterical way. Not even all and it's funny because I've seen a lot of gay guys on Twitter saying, "Yeah, this I don't have a problem with this Florida law like kids shouldn't be subjected to this." You know, like good old-fashioned like white bread Gay, gay men. <laughs> yeah, the good old-fashioned trad gays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is the conservative, you know, Milo and everybody. Right, it's right. The, the trad gays. Um, well, yeah, I don't. I think you're right. Like, it's a reasonable thing. It's a reasonable, like, the law is fine. And it shouldn't be a casus belli, but, belli, but, it, but it was. But you're saying for whatever reason, it like, will it, it result will be because in more... Uh, kids being introduced to degeneracy, even though it's not the wrong move. Even though it's even though like on paper it's fine. Was it? It'd be like if it, it'd be like if I made a. Let's say I was the governor of of I don't know Minnesota. I'm let's pretend I'm the governor of Minnesota, and I introduce a bill that says. Uh, uh, I am. This bill makes it illegal for people to 
um, for people to rip the heads off dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and there's, and I do this because, uh, Muslims like to rip the head off dogs. Okay. In, in their slaughtering of, in, in their halal slaughtering. (laughs) Right. Okay. Which there are some weird things that happen in halal slaughtering practices. I don't don't think think they they rip rip the heads off dogs dogs, though, but they don't. Yeah. But let's say, let's say that I made that law. Okay. Okay. All right, so on paper, almost everyone agrees that you should not rip the heads off dogs mm-hmm. while they're alive, right? Everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm also address. am I, that problem wasn't happening, right? And then by creating that law, I'm framing it as... This is something that happens and that Muslims do and it's part of their culture. And then other people would feel the need to then jump in and defend. And now we have a now we have a political wing that has as part of its umbrella ripping the heads off dogs. I mean, I I see what I see what you're saying. And there is there are outcomes that support your theory. Right. But at the same time, I think we're ending up in a weird place where we're blaming God for Eve eating the apple. Uh, hmm. Well, I don't see. I think. I think this is it's this it's this feeling. I'm not sure if if. The feeling that we that we need to because if you look at all of the politics that's gone on and all the insanity, uh-huh. like COVID and Ukraine and the trans stuff, all of it is premised on a basic assumption of we need to do something. Right. Yeah. We need to do something. Sure. And what if you just didn't do anything? Like. Are we going around just making a mess of stuff by trying to fix it all? May, well, maybe we need we need some drastic repairs to our our rubric of how we decide what things we can fix and by what authorities do we fix them. Y- yes, like but there then that there should have like the, the, there should have never been a Supreme Court ruling about abortion. Because that's a Tenth Amendment issue, just a straight reading of the Constitution. That sort of thing is a Tenth Amendment issue and should be governed by the states. Always should have been, and that that sort of thing can be decided at the state level. And it didn't become this crazy thing until we try to make it national. Same thing with lots lots of things you could you could put into that. And then the the federalist system, which I think is very clever and a very practical way of dealing with human behavior. Uh, and which we should be using for things like this. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but what? But I feel like we're trying to, as a society, we're trying to solve things using the wrong tools. And everybody, every solution to every problem has got to be the federal government, or whatever, or whatever the highest level of government we can of government power we can use. That's got to be the solution. And maybe that assumption is what's leading to a lot of the things you're describing. Yeah, but but I I'm positing maybe it's the solution that we need to have solutions at all. Like 
<laughs> like, because no, nothing ever changes. Is my right. this is why I'm I'm skeptical of the Rose stuff. Like, people have been freaking out about political thing after political thing after political thing, my entire life, and yet everything is basically the same. Like, there's there's no. If anything, you have more gun rights now than you did in the past. Right. Right. And people are freaked out that they're going to lose their gun. Like, the the left's attempts to frame it as, like, right-wing people are going to shoot up everything has made it so that now you can print a gun from your home in a computer. <laughs> right? Because people have freaked out about that so much that it creates the opposite, which arguably becomes a bit of a, like, problem if there's, like... You know, there's when people are walking around the suburbs in their tactical gear, it does make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And it's not necessary. But the the reaction against the guns is what creates that polar opposite. And so what appears to me to happen is that it is almost nothing ever actually changes in in, on the ground Mm -hmm. level. And mo- but except that people begin to hate each other for perceived differences over manufactured conflicts. Yeah, I mean, I then, I think then, I largely that, agree with you. Right, nothing ever cha- like there's not like nothing ever. It's always the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's uh, it, like my uh, my great grandmother. She she was uh, a a Dixiecrat, right? Right. For a time, and then she she went and she stopped voting, and at some point in her life, and her her children were like, "I don't you go vote anymore." And she said, she at some point said something to the effect of, which I think is a common saying most of them picked up on, which is, "Well, it doesn't matter who's in the White House, potatoes cost the same." <laughs> right, and that's true. Like nothing on the ground level ever. Right changes it's just people like people could always be gay they just all decided that they want like regardless of the law you know and they decided that they wanted to a lot more in the 80s yeah and now they're deciding they want to and and well it it went from it's happening it went from some dudes like you know just doing gay stuff because that's what they want to do for whatever reason to we're going to change the character of our society to yeah, to, but- to to put this thing in the center of it so that did that did change like the cult the 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 character of american society during the i don't know 60s and 70s 80s changed from being non-sodomitic to sodomitic explicitly that did change it did. So but some like many things don't don't change, but some things do. And we've reflected on this show before about you know the difference in interracial relations in this country from when we were young to now. That that has objectively changed for it the has wor- objectively for the changed. worst. So I mean, I see I see your point. Like the price of potatoes is always the same, but actually the price of potatoes is going up. <laughs> It's going up now. Well, that's true. So but, okay, so um, okay. I feel like we have to qualify this theory. Like, so in the in the forties and fifties, mm-hmm. in World War Two, a lot of men had gay sex on aircraft carriers. Sure. 
T- tons of them. Yeah. And the solution that the culture had to uh, not making that a thing was to ignore it. Okay. Right? And that, but when people decided to stop ignoring it is when it became an an issue in its own right. Right. So we we go, we've got we got sort of trapped in a Hegelian dialectical conflict. Yeah, that's the th- yes, that's a great way of putting it. Is the Hegelian dialectical trap produces it always produces both extremes. And I think that that is often the point of these conflicts. Like like I think like maybe even this leak of this Supreme Court letter whether or not it turns out that that's what happens it creates this thing where like, okay, but now we got to go. And what will happen is you'll have two opposing opposites set up where people will ban abortion, which is good. But then the other States will go to the extreme and like allow it all the time forever. And so the net effect is the same or worse. Like they'll allow it up after birth abortion, just because, because of how awful that other side is and how much, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to kill, they're going to kill a newborn baby to get back at fundamentalist, Right, religious people. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I think I can, I think I can cut the knot here. Yeah, cut the Gordian knot. We're gonna cut the knot. Okay, so I think that the phenomena that you're describing happens in proportion to the scale at which the conflict is undertaken. So, mm-hmm. and and by scale, I mean number of people involved or level of government. So, if a if a small group of people, a community, know each other. And they have a problem and they seek to address it at, at, at a community or a family level. Um, it will, it will, it, there's a greater chance of it being resolved without a Hegelian dialectical trap exploding and, mm-hmm. and, and both sides spiraling into extremer and ex- further in extreme opposites. Um, and then the higher up you go in the, in in the scale the societal scale of conflict the more likely and and it will then nece- it necessarily it will devolve into the um into the hegelian trap so this this i think connects well with things that we've we've discussed on the show many times about things need to be in the right scale um yeah it's all and, a problem and, of scale and there there's a there's like there's a right scale for everything and that includes cultural cultural conflict or um, uh, culture creation or um, how would I put it um, enforcement of uh, morality or holiness, not in- enforcement, maintenance or encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you mm-hmm. if, if your friend if you have a friend that is you know wrapped caught up in uh, a degenerate lifestyle and you go to him and you say listen man you're my brother i love you please come please stop this thing um Mm -hmm. you know you're you're hurting yourself and your family how can i help you like that's something that can only be done at a certain scale either like a one-on-one relationship or maybe like a small maybe you know a handful of people that that that's the only way that's ever going to be effective if you try to scale that up to a local government 
to where, like, say, uh, a, a coalition of concerned people go down to the gay bar <laughs> or whatever and say, guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this lifestyle is destructive. Like, that will immediately turn into a riot. You, right. you can't you can't yeah, yeah. you can't scale that up. And and so and I think a lot of our problems is as, as a society, even when there's a just cause, like there's a just cause for the state of Florida to say teachers should not be uh, teaching kids about sodomy in the first grade. Correct. Yes. Um, but because the I the way we conduct education uh, and the way we uh, decide things like that is so far out of scale, they immediately collapse into the Hegelian trap that you've described. And I right. think the solution is to handle things at their right scale. And I that's the pro that's one of the core fundamental problems with modern living is that things are out way out of scale in like a hundred different dimensions. Yeah, Chesterton talked about that. He said the correct government is when we have a politician close enough, you can kick him. Uh, see, I love that. And that's so – Yeah, it, I, I know it's like a cute and folksy little saying, but there is but so much wisdom. There is so much wisdom in that. Yeah, because things blossom. The, the scale, this is the same reason that Google doesn't work anymore. Oh, such because, a good example. Right, because the scale got – because – once everyone started to try to optimize their thing for Google, it broke the Google. Like, this is why a recipe, you look up a recipe and there's like 10,000 words before the recipe. Yeah. And that's because the search engine, for whatever reason, because I guess nerds don't understand how people think. And they were like, the algorithm is like, hey, you know what? How do we judge if something is good information or not? Well, one of the ways is if there's a lot of words on the page. Which is what the search engine does when it ranks stuff. It's like, well, how many words did they write? We'll rank that a little higher. Then, so if you just had a if you just had a website that was just the recipe and the instructions, that one is like, ah, it's no good. You need ten thousand words explaining like how you felt on the beach when you ate it before you give the thing. And that and so what has happened is it's like this feedback loop. Where technology defeats itself. It's called Good Good Goodhart's Law. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, Goodhart's Law is where it, it's it's um, it can be summed up as uh, well. Let's see. It's it's how do they say it? Goodhart's Law is is when anything becomes every measure that becomes a target becomes a bad measure. Okay. Yeah. And that is so true because of the scale. Like, so people are like, listen, how do we, we want the economy to be good, right? How do you tell if the economy is good? GDP. Mm-hmm. That becomes the target. And then everybody optimizes for GDP. For GDP, which in a way that it dissociates from the actual prosperity of the people. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if, if you, if you, if you made a measure and you were going to judge people on how many, you're like, we need, we need to have a nail manufacturing company, right? And we're making nails. Okay, well, let's judge which employee is the best at making nails. And so I'll have a measure, and I'll rank each one on the number of nails made. And then you get a guy, he's like, well, great. Eventually, he optimizes for that, and he makes thousands and thousands of tiny, useless nails. They're, like, very small. He used all his metal, and he made a bunch. 
Like, well, that's not good. We can't use these nails. But the number went up, <laughs> yeah. so I was the best. Right. Or you could do the opposite. Say, well, well, we'll do it by the weight of the nails made. And then you get one guy that made like one gigantic heavy nail. Like, well, see, my nail is the heaviest. So, And when people begin to, when you have these targets, as soon as a measure becomes a target you're judging people by, it ceases to be a good measure for the thing that you're trying to measure, which is the, this is why so much stuff is fake. And this is, and I think this gets back to like, because on the societal scale, we like try to measure things like, well, how good is education and whatever. And you look at test scores and then rapidly test scores dissociate from anything involving competency. And you just are focusing on teaching the test. Right. That's how you get, I mean, there was that big scandal in, in Atlanta about the teachers basically changing the answers on the test scores. Yeah, because they're incentivized to do that. This is why nothing is, this is one of the many reasons nothing is real. But that's, that traps you in this, the, the, like when you're looking at the target of like, like how many people, I think that's what's happening with this whole, all of the, well, we talked about this Hegelian dialectic trap too, because you get these measures and the people are trying to, argue about them and fight about them, like how many abortions are there happening, right? And um, I think when you begin to make that your, well, I'm not sure what to say here. I I think when you begin to look at these measures, you, 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 you begin to get a dissociated view of what's actually happening. And so we, we, it creates this illusion that there's a lot more, trans ideology in education or, uh, you know, um, Nazi educate stuff like white supremacy, then, then there actually is. And then that by its, by doing that, people begin to optimize for that thing. Yeah. And so then you get people beginning to optimize for Nazism because Nazism is a thing that people are judging by and measuring things by. And so it, it's this, it's this, feedback loop problem that I'm not quite sure how to resolve except by saying just don't care about it and and stop stop like stop trying if you if you stop trying to save the world maybe you will well I, I think there's a good analog for this in if we get if we go back to the scaling thing is like every every material has a resonant frequency that mm-hmm. will cause it to you know vibrate in a resonant way or whatever. Um, and it, you know, each, each material is different. And, and I think in the same way, like people, for example, just politics in general, I mean, whatever, whatever method you want to use, it's probably the, the, the resonant frequency of human politics is probably about five to 7,000 people. Yeah. Um, and anything under that can be handled by simpler means and anything over that, the political structure just gets more and more deranged and unhealthy for the people living under it. Yeah, because you can't, because <clears throat> the solution to like Goddard's problem, which is what people continue to try to do, is to make more and more metrics. Yeah. And they say, well, like with the nail thing, like, well, we were judging by number of nails. Okay, but let's also say for... 
number of nails and the weight of the nails. And then we'll get more. But all that happens is the more metrics you put on it, then you begin to judge success by the metric, the, the metrics of the metrics, right? And it becomes this, it's just this ever-blooming problem of, of bureaucracy, which disassociates from actual results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the That's how you political... get fake jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the, <clears throat> that, and that's, that's how these levels of fakery can, one of the ways, because you're, everyone's measuring something that's measuring something that's measuring something that's purported to be a target of the real thing, but that has so many levels from long since being anything. Like the GDP doesn't mean anything now. Yeah, it it's really a doesn't. worthless measure. Yeah, because people tried to hit it. It be and th- and you see this all the time. Like like in sports. Okay. Once upon a time, people tried to judge how good an archer was at hunting by whether or not they could hit a target mm-hmm. and have a contest. And then people just optimized and optimized and optimized archery for hitting this target. And they've got like laser sights and this other stuff. And these like super, like super engineered arrows and this, and all this stuff, which no longer really could even take down an animal. And it's just optimized to hit the thing. Yeah. Right. And like, or like fencing, none of the people in sport fencing would last a second in an actual like Renaissance era sword duel because the sword they're using is a flimsy radio antenna Mm -hmm. and they're just jumping around trying to tag each other. But because the metric became to touch the other person, people optimized for that rather than like what it was actually supposed to be like the touch was supposed to be a metric for would I have killed you right yeah <clears throat> right and so anytime you have the, anytime you set up a this is I think I think maybe I think maybe the answer is to just stop trying <laughs> <clears throat> that may be the answer like is the tree trying or is it just doing its thing and maybe, the, maybe, maybe the actual satanic thing in all of us is the desire to control it all and make sure that it all goes right and according to plan. And by doing that, by trying to control it all, we actually mess it all up. I don't know. Maybe. I <sighs> mean, I think that that there's some there's something there that we have to fuse with the fact that sometimes things happen to us and by our station in life, we have a duty to react to them in some way. And there's no yeah, way, like and there's no the, way, on, and there's no way around it on the humans on the, on our scale. Right. But like, I'm not, I can't, I can't fix the hole in the ozone layer. No. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't right. need to anyway. That's out of fake. scale. That's out of scale. Right. And it was fake. And like I, I can't, I can't save the the children in in lesbio land from being uh, told like you know like I like I don't but you can worry about your children in your own life. I mean, this is how we got Team America World Police here. That that thinks yeah. oh you know there's something happening in Ukraine, therefore necessarily America must do something. Yeah, we're going around the world 
trying to fix it. Yeah. And making a giant mess. We can't. We never fix it. Look never at Libya. Look at Afghanistan. Look at Iraq. We can't fix any of these places because we're thinking out of scale with how we with like what's the situation? If somebody invaded America, yeah, we should we should address that problem. That problem is in our scale as a country. But we're I mean, not we're Florida. not a global like global empires don't last because they they're out of scale. Yeah. Right. They never last. They blow themselves up every time. By doing the stuff like we're doing right now in in Ukraine, because they're fundamentally out of their scale. Mm-hmm. I think we've done yeah. some really good philosophical work here today. We have. So I think the takeaway is everyone stop trying. <laughs> <clears throat> You're just making things worse. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, be yourself. I don't know. I mean that connect that connects with with the last episode, especially with your uh, your interview with Godward, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <coughs> but like all this stuff, like the last black man in San Francisco, or whatever, which was a Wired article recently. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even what it's just so they're trying to fix gentrification, and they're like the like there's black people. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the other thing. It's, that's another problem it's, that's out of scale. It's like if 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 it's you've either got gentrification when the white people move in, or you've got white flight when they move out. Like, stop worrying about where white people live. That stop pro- worrying about anything. That that problem is out of scale for you. Give no thought for tomorrow. <laughs> what are you What are you doing? You're worrying about all this stuff. You can't. And that itself makes right. it worse. Well, it's so even there. There's a there's a paradox. It's like give give no thought for tomorrow. But also, the man who does not provide for his own family is worse than an unbeliever. Unbeliever, you know. It's like the Bible says both things. And well, yeah, but, and how but, do you differentiate the between is, the two? Well, the thing is, like, do do you um do you is 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 worrying about the the morrow in entailed in providing thing right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, you're out so of you just when don't. you're worrying about. Tomorrow, you might in a in a in a sinful way. That means you're temporarily out of scale with the numbers of problems you're trying to solve at once. Right. You only solve the problems that are right in front of you today. There we go. We've just cut. We've just like synthesized all this beautifully. Yeah. You just just the problems right in front of you today, which I think is the message of Jordan Peterson. Sadly, we circled back around to him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and I'm sure soon I'll be on Benzos. No, don't do Benzo. In a Russian Simo, hospital. No. <laughs> don't do it. In a Russian hospital while, I don't know, I'm in that coma. Which is what happens when you clean your room too much. Because you're just trying too hard. Uh, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can sing a song, though, later and, and send it to you. Okay. I'll, I'll pop it in there and post. Yeah. Just make sure so it's anyway, about fi- uh, 15 minutes Anyway, let's long. see if... Let's see if Roe v. Wade is actually overturned. My suspicion, and I, by the time this comes out, will probably be confirmed or not. Mm-hmm. You know, my suspicion right now, which may be proven wrong by the time this comes out, is that they'll say, "Ah, that was just a little leak thing." You think they're yeah. gonna walk it back? Okay. I think I think they'll walk it back. I may be pleasantly surprised. Okay. We'll see, your prediction is noted on your permanent record. Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's, on, it's it's on my NFT. Uh, ledger. 
You know, so, something I like to do with my some of my friends is when they make predictions, I I take a screenshot of their text and I put it in their permanent record, which is a file on my computer. Uh-huh. And they know I do this. You know, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. But one of them mm-hmm. said, well, where's your permanent record? I said, dude, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got, That's, I got I've, permanent I mean, like, record. My is me being wrong about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> just over and over again. It's brutal. It's just it's brutal. Just, you know. And that's because you can't know the future. And like uh, yeah. and all the fears that you have about the future are often not valid. Mm-hmm. Except that you manifest them by worrying about them. You see? Like yeah. like like if you're if you're worried that you're gonna get fired and you begin to act all weird, yeah, work, yeah might you get, may fired. get fired. You really should just be so, working hard. Yeah. Or or just again not doing anything, which is how people <laughs> get by in most offices. <laughs> To bring it back full circle to the boring talk. Yeah. <laughs> People don't do anything. Oh, man. And they just sit around talking about... Uh, I mean, they used to talk about Game of Thrones. I don't know what they talk about now. I guess... Uh, I guess trans lives in Ukraine or something. Whatever it is. Who knows?